0: The changes in compliance are unstoppable and gathering in complexity. Artificial intelligence and data will lead the way forward, but there's much more to consider and challenges aplenty ahead. To survey the landscape and supply smart insights, we'll talk with Sharon Weitzman, CEO and co-founder of Shield FC. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Compliance can be expensive, but the cost of non-compliance is much steeper. BAI offers comprehensive compliance training and professional development education to more than 1,800 financial services organizations. BAI's team of compliance experts provide comprehensive and up-to-date information while actively monitoring regulatory changes and updating content so that you can trust BAI's relevant, timely information. Learn more at BAI.org training. Thanks for tuning into the podcast and wonderful to have you with us. And speaking of wonderful, coming in all the way from Tel Aviv, Israel, we have Sharon Weitzman. Sharon is the CEO and co founder of Shield FC. He has more than 15 years of technology and management experience, mainly in the financial services vertical. Sharon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. RegTech, regulatory technology, that's a growing field in the industry. Some people may not be familiar with it. What do you think the future holds? It seems like a very exciting time right now.
1: It is indeed a very exciting time. Not sure that everyone shares the same, but we are in post-2008, and I think that there is a growing understanding with the market players, but also with states and regulators that there is something needed to be done. That's in its turn Led to a growing financial compliance regime or financial regulation regime in all countries. So many regulations, many different requirements, many new ways to communicate, many new additional data sources, alternative ways to communicate with customers as well. And that in turn generates and driving the entire industry, which is good for us as consumers. It's good for the financial firms, but because their revenue is increasing every year, it's good for everyone, but that requires more regulation. And this is where the component authorities and the sex of the world are trying to control it and to put more and more enforcement and requirements on the financial firms to make, at the end of the day, if you ask me, it's a novel requirement to make the world a better and safer place, to make it more transparent, to trust the system better. Technology that addressing regularity requirements is those outside these requirements in order to address the inefficiencies and the growing demands. And we don't see the requirements going down, the slowdown of the regulations. It's always new things and new technology comes into place and new requirements from new regulations. And that keeps on evolving and changing all the time.
0: Bankers listening are going to wonder, okay, great, but what do I need to look out for in these months ahead? What would you tell them? It's actually funny because I spoke with one
1: of these top bankers in London a few weeks ago, and he told me, Shihan, they're killing us. (laughs) We cannot do anything. They're killing us. (laughs) And we cannot even make this transaction. And from their view, they are also right. And you know what? I, I have my empathy here because whenever a major change is trying to be enforced, there are some fallbacks. Things are much harder to be implemented. In things like compliance, it's almost no gray areas. We are trying to make things black or white. It doesn't matter that I'm calling you Lou and in your passport it's Lucas, or it can be several alias and it's the same person. If this is the way that you communicate, it will fade the KYC or the onboarding process. And that's from your personal experience might not the best thing to happen because then you need to continue or to ask the bank to do the transaction again and again and more and more documents and more and more requirements from you. And it's irritating and it's irritating for the banker as well because something that took him 10 minutes before and you can do it over an email now takes him several days. But it's a process and the process for making the world a better, more transparent place requires... Yeah, like in the American movies, requires some sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that it's a journey. And in a few years, the more technology that the banks will adapt, the more uh, communication between the different systems will take place, there will be less segregation of the data and more interconnectivity. And suddenly this would be the norm. So it is change, like everything in life. It is change also for the banks and for the bankers. For the bank as well, it is an extra cost. It's a huge cost. It's not extra. It's a huge cost. Almost 20% of their operational cost is now
0: related to that. It's incredible, right, because banks want to have wiggle room in certain costs. Not so much here. And then you spoke about change being the constant, right? We have the GDPR where we've really seen a major impact, not just in Europe, but all over the world. What role do you see that playing in the industry? And would it be a greater role, perhaps?
1: Wow. GDPR is going to be massive. Later this year, the Europeans are going to issue the brother of GDPR, which is e-privacy, addressing specifically any firm communicating with their customers or internally. And all kinds of questions starting to pop up about what is more important, the transparency in the market, the stability, or my personal privacy? And who said that something needs to be more important? What if I'm also taking personal communications and also doing things that I'm you know, maybe not proud of them from a personal perspective, but they are legal? But they're also being audited and recorded and captured and being set and logged in all kinds of different surveillance systems that my company or alike are providing. What then? What if I leave the company and move to the competitor? Can someone somehow get access to this data and make some use? The company that I'm leaving, let's say that it's a bank X, can I ask the bank to delete this data? And how can the bank know which data he can delete or he can zip and send it over to me, if at all? All kinds of questions that are very hard to answer, but it's definitely a point that everyone will need to address. Maybe not now, but in the future, in the coming years, banks and any financial firm will have to address this. What happens if we have a consumer asking for information? What am I about to reveal? And how am I going to reveal this? What am I allowed to transfer to another bank? Is there competitive information there? Yes or no? There is no actual answers or best practice for financial firms to handle. I think that everyone at the moment are looking for some guidance, looking their way inside the darkness a little bit or trying to find the best way to handle. The regulators, by the way, have a big role to kind of show the way, kind of a beacon. This is how you need to do it. Otherwise... It's almost like in the Brexit cases, everyone are doing all kinds of things and all kinds of investment and no one knows if something will happen and what will happen and what will be the rule that need to be applied. Because if they will not do anything and then the, the Brexit
0: day will come, then what? You know. <laughs> and in the face of complicated compliance, we have artificial intelligence. The question is, how do we implement it? Is it across all data types? Do we look forward to autonomous compliance playing a major role? Tell us your thoughts here. I have many thoughts here.
1: (laughs) So there are two matters here. First of all, artificial intelligence in general and the role of compliance, right? In the past few years, there was a kind of a naive thinking that AI in itself can do magic, right? And nowadays, we understand that AI is a supporting tool for the work of compliance. What do I mean by that? I cannot just say I have an AI platform and suddenly it does the compliance automatically and there is no need for quality of the data and there is no need for compliance officers to teach the system how to do things. That's not the case. AI, like any good statistical model, like any good algorithm, requires data, and good data, and enough data in order to build its models. So unless there is kind of a regulator or a sandbox environment that will pick up this domain, pick up the flag and say, hey, I'm going to provide data for recte companies to build models for the greater good. Until that, AI will slowly pick up customer by customer, and we will improve our models based on implementation. Saying that, AI is part of a wide array of capabilities, right? AI by itself doesn't understand as you understand me. It needs the good old rule-based capabilities, including natural language processing and assisted machine learning can do a really good improvement in the efficiency And that leads us to the second question, which is related more to autonomous compliance. Now, this is kind of the goal, right? I don't think that we will ever reach autonomous compliance because the human mind can always find better manipulations and ways to address things, which is, you know, it's good. And when we are talking about autonomous compliance, we are more referring to How can we create a more efficient, less manual environment? How can we automate the decision made by compliance officers or to learn from the work that compliance officers are doing and automate some of the tasks or take decisions based on certain parameters and certain algorithms that the compliance officer is taking now? We are not trying to even teach the computer to play math, but it's not far from it. It's how do you take decisions related to risks and compliance. And if we can teach the platform or an engine or a virtual compliance officer to take such decision based on all the data that is available for him in the system, including the electronic communication and the structured data, orders, execution, the KYC information, all the information that is available today then we can show improvement. And instead of, I don't know, 10 compliance officers that are doing manual work, you can have two compliance officers that are actually working with the system and doing the same amount of work in less time. And the other eight will be able to actually do more proactive work and give more advice and really take a step and with an end goal to make more compliant environment within the firm and eventually reduce the costs. Because 20% operational cost is outrageous. It's not the goal just to create technology and robots to replace humans. No, it's to bring efficiency. And if technology can support that, and including artificial intelligence, this is the goal, I think.
0: Reg tech can be a very thorny and complicated topic. You've reduced it in the best way possible to terms everyone can understand. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much. You're being very, very generous with your compliments. Sharon Weitzman is the CEO and co founder of Shield FC. You can look for Sharon on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, the reg tech industry, driven by US markets, seeks to meet the major challenges of compliance and regulation which include major expense and a plethora of inefficiencies. Leveraging data sources and better system communications paired with increased cooperation from banks will lead to good news, better and safer transactions, and a transparent environment for investors. Number two, here's the hard part. Requirements will not slow down. And in compliance, there will be continued strict boundaries. Right now, documents and paperwork required in some functions can take several days to process. The RegTech journey means less segregation of data and more connectivity of systems. It's a promise banks must pursue because regulation is not a discretionary expense. In fact, it can demand 20% of your budget. And number three, in compliance, artificial intelligence is a supporting tool, not a magic wand. Data must still be robust and plentiful enough to build working models. Models will improve over repeated applications and will become more powerful with natural language processing and machine learning. Full autonomous compliance, while a tantalizing goal, really comes down to creating a more automated and efficient environment. Has your organization made industry-leading strides in talent management, open banking, regtech-connected experiences, and more? Nominations are now open for the 2019 BAI Global Innovation Awards. Visit BAI.org to learn more and submit your nomination. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make, how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. Leaving sunny Israel. Moving to Scandinavia. Braving a startup. If it sounds like a major shift in culture, language, occupation, and weather, believe it. Here's why Sharon Weitzman decided to make his big move and how he found strength in the midst of chaos and challenge. The biggest decision that I had to do was to basically leave my last job, heading the
1: commercials and sales activities in a very nice Danish company, and take my family from Haifa, from the sunny and very family-oriented Israel into the cold north of Scandinavia and move to Copenhagen. The future is unsecure and unsure, and to chase a dream or a thought that you have and to try to sell it to the rest of the world. Add to that the complexities of actually moving from one culture. There is a winter in Israel, so everything is very familiar. And to move to a country where you don't know anyone, speaking a different language, the kids don't speak English and they need to go into a school and they can barely communicate. And on top of that, a very cold winter (laughs) and very dark winter suddenly And I cannot be with the family during this time because I'm actually dealing with establishing this company. But you know, like any good experience, so any uh, any complicated situation, if you're managing it properly, you actually go out stronger, stronger as a family, stronger as a human being. Uh, so I I believe in uh, this is where we
0: are at the moment, at least as a family and as a company, we are going there, we are getting there. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.